This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Nowadays, sometimes you can look at the world and think, we've gone crazy. Things seem out of control. But remember, God is always in control. Are you looking for something fresh, new, and exciting? This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Taking the positive message of Jesus Christ to the world. Proclaiming he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Broadcasting from the Upper Room Studios to the world. Are you ready? Let's get into it. This is Outreach.fm. And now, here's Pastor William Luffman. You have your Bibles tonight, and I know you guys do. I'm right there in the living room with you. The Holy Spirit's right there with you. Let's get together. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Can I hear a big woo? I believe I heard it right there. All right, Matthew chapter 5. Father, we thank you for the word we're about to receive. We receive it with gladness. Father, we thank you tonight that as we receive the word, the word of God becomes life to us and becomes joy and becomes health. I pray for every person that's dealing with COVID or or any sickness or disease or just recovering from surgery, that the word of God, you said you sent your word and it healed them. So heal every person tonight, cause them to recover and gain back their strength, Lord God, and be 100%. Thank you, Father God, again, for salvation, deliverance, and healings and the lifting of oppression and depression from your people because of the word. In Jesus' name we pray. And again, all all God's people said, amen. Matthew chapter 5, I'm going to read some very familiar scriptures here. Now, I actually have been to the place where Jesus preached this. We call it the Beatitudes, and he was up on the mountain there. But we're going to go down to verse 13. Jesus said there to the people gathered and you know, we would assume that they are going to be part of his following. They're going to be what we would later on call believers. That's why they're there. And now he's saying it to them, but he's saying it to us. He said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and be trodden underfoot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it gives light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now I want to start out tonight by telling you what I'm going to be talking to you about tonight is about what your assignment is on heaven. Everybody say assignment. Okay, say it again, assignment. Now, I have a definition for assignment. I'm sure you know what it is, but let's look at the definition. An assignment is a position, a post, or duty that is accompanied with a specific task to be carried out. I'm going to say it again. An assignment is a position, a post, or a duty that is accompanied with a specific task to be carried out. And I want you to know that what we just read is part of your assignment. It is the assignment of every believer on this earth. And this assignment is exciting. This assignment is fulfilling. As a matter of fact, this this assignment will cause your entire life to change and to go into meaning. I don't know what you've been going through. Some of you have been dealing with heartbreak and sickness, disease, divorce. Some of you have endured a death of a family member. You've been in some dire places in your life. Some of you very recently. But I can tell you what will change the trajectory of your life and cause everything to rise up again 
is when you not only learn, but you accept and begin to, to fulfill your assignment. Now, I'm going to read this to you out of the Message Bible. Listen closely. Now, if you have a second uh, device there where you can pull this up and look at it while you're listening online, like maybe you're watching on your television tonight and you've got your phone or your iPad or a computer where you can type this in, then type in again Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16 and put it in the Message Bible. And I want to, I want, I want, this really clears this up a little bit for us. Here's what Jesus said. Let me tell you why you are here. That is the job of a pastor. That is my job to tell you why you're here. What does it mean here? Here on this planet. Why were you born? What is your purpose? It's one of the greatest questions that man asks. And man always asks this question. So he said, let me tell you why you are here. This is in chapter 5, verse 13. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. I love the way that says this. You are here to be the seasoning that awakens the flavors of God in this earth. In other words, people wouldn't even know who God is except for you and except for me. We are the salt of the earth that brings the flavor. It goes on to say, if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? So if we who are believers quit believing or we quit following God or we quit, you know, just promoting him, how in the world are they ever going to know who God is? He said, you've, he said, you've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage if you lose your saltiness. Now, in verse 14, he said, here's another way to put it. Okay, I like that. Sometimes we need to hear things uh, another way to be able to really get it. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. Did you hear that? So we are the light of the world. We are to bring out the colors of God. We're beginning to show people just how, how effervescent God is, how real he is. He's not just a fable. He's not like other gods that, that people just have talked about but never lived, that were never really living, or they lived and died so many years ago and they're still dead. No, he is the living God. And it says again, you're here to be the light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. Now, it goes on to say, we're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. Now, if a city is sitting up on a hill, it cannot be hid. Everybody sees it, everybody that comes with any distance. I've gone to cities before that are higher in elevation, and it's strange. You can be sometimes 100 miles away, and you can see that city because that city is up on, there's no way you can miss it. And what he's saying here, we should be so full of God and it should be so obvious to everybody around us, there's no way they could miss God because we're that city set on a hill. He said, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on the hilltop, on a light stand, shine. <laughs> That's what Jesus said, shine. I put you, I didn't, hide, I didn't light you up and then hide you. I want you to shine. You should be shining at work. You should be shining wherever you go. You should be shining. People should be able to detect and see, even if you don't even say anything, which you should, but they should be able to tell that you have a, some of God in you. And then it finishes up by saying this. He says, um, again, keep, keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous father in heaven. So he says here, 
if we show who God is and if we're, we're you know, generous and if we talk about him, it says this, that, that will prompt people to open up with God. And that is what your assignment is. What is your assignment? It's to tell the, preach the gospel. Tell the, tell the gospel, especially to a lost and dying world. Folks, we're in a lost and dying world. Every 20 seconds, somebody dies. And I wonder how many of them on planet Earth go into hell. And if statistics mean anything, and we don't know because we're not God, but probably much more than one out of two. It's probably more like, you know, uh, it's more like probably eight or nine out of every 10 people that pass probably don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. And folks, the Lord is not coming back down here to tell them. He's not going to appear again. He's not walking on the earth. That's your assignment. That's my assignment. The Amplified Bible says this in verse 16, and you know the Amplified is actually my favorite. I read out of some others just to give it a little more uh, meaning that you can understand, but really the Amplified is so true to the language. But verse 16, the Amplified Classic says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence. I like that because, see, he's really saying here that we'll never get the attention of the world by compromise. We'll never get the attention of the world by acting like we used to. We'll never get the attention of the world if we keep doing the things that God delivered us from. The only way we're going to get the attention of the world is when we stop doing the things we used to do and we become more like him. It gets their attention. They know that we used to do this and we used to do that and we used to go over here and we used to go over there and we used to say this and we used to say that. And the moment you stop and your life takes on a different turn, it gets the attention of men. Isn't that what he said? He said, you're supposed to be the salt. You're not supposed to be like them. You're supposed to be a, something that brings the flavor. You're supposed to be the light, not blending in with the darkness. And this, again, he says, our moral excellence. And folks, that's what's missing today. In the body of Christ, I'm sad to say, and it's missing, you know, in America, and it's missing in other parts of the world, that people who call themselves believers, instead of being the light and being the salt, they're blending right back in with the life they came out of. And even if they talk at all about God, it gets no one's attention because they're doing the same things that everybody else is doing. So again, he tells us that this is our assignment. Arthur Preston said, the church has many tasks. And boy, we do have a lot of tasks. A lot of the church members don't understand what a church does from Sunday, you know, when we finish the service to the next Sunday morning. We have so many things we do. I mean, there's things that we do in the community and there's things we do to help people. And you got to pay bills and you got to take care of the building and you got to paint it and you got to make sure everything's good and you got to get equipment and you got to keep it. And it goes on and on. And you reach out into the streets and you, you help people with, you know, all the different things we do, the, the outreaches. We have so many outreaches here at Faith Outreach Church during the year. All of those things are wonderful and we should do them. But this quote says this, the church has many tasks but only one mission. And I would say it this way. The church has many things that we have to do, we should do, and we should keep on doing. But we only have one, one assignment. What is that assignment? To tell the lost world about Jesus Christ. Folks, Jesus is coming soon. I'm not going to quit preaching it. I don't care if it's not popular. I don't care if other preachers don't do it. I'm going to keep preaching it. Jesus is coming soon, and we've got a job to do. Uh, I read this one definition of evangelism and, and the word evangelism comes from the word evangelion and it talks about, but I like the way that this is phrased. What is evangelism? It is announcing news that is so good it cannot be kept quiet. 
Announcing good news that is so good it cannot be kept quiet. We need to be announcing. We are announcers. That's our assignment. Your, your assignment is to announce to people that you come in contact with the good news of Jesus Christ that no matter how bad the world is and how crazy and confused and whew, boy, is it ever a mess out there. We're here to say, but let me tell you something. We know about some good news. And we have got to open up about that. I'm believing tonight that something's going to happen for some of you that's never happened before. You're going to hear this message and something on the inside of you is going to stir and going to say, you got to speak up. you got to step up. you got to stand up and tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, another thing I want to talk about is we need to understand this, and it's very important, that it is God's will for everyone to be saved. God's will for everyone to be saved. Now, that means people that you think are beyond saving, people that you don't even really like, and you are thinking almost, you almost would say, Lord, I don't know if I want them to be saved. But you know, at the end of the day, Jesus died for everybody. Now, not everybody will be saved. We'll talk about that in a minute. There's preaching out there today. It says, you know, everybody's saved and, and you know, it's all done. It doesn't matter whether they go to church or talk to God or, or ever commit to him or ever live the life. Well, that's a lie from hell. Now, if you were the devil, wouldn't you want to sell that lie? Make people and fool people into thinking they're okay when they're not. The Bible says many will believe a lie, they'll be damned, and so we know that that cannot be true. But what does the Bible say about God wanting everyone to be saved? Again, I'm going to read from the message. This is not the translation I would study out of. It's just one to give us some insight. It says in 2 Peter chapter 3, if you're typing that in, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, 2 Peter 3, 9, from the message, it says God isn't late with his promise as some measure lateness. Now, it's talking about God bringing judgment and God bringing Jesus back so that then the tribulation starts. It says God is not late with his promise as some measure lateness. Some people say God should have already done it. It goes on to say he is restraining himself on account of you, holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change. Now, folks, right now we are in this space and time where God has still got some mercy and he's delaying just a little bit the return of his, his son to reach out in the rapture and call up his uh, believers that are walking with him. Now, I believe that we have strained this time and we have pressed this time and squeezed it almost to the last second. I do believe that Jesus could come while you're listening to this, where, whether it's tonight or later on, I believe that. But it does say this, that God wants everyone to come to him. But now, folks, if that's going to happen, you know this. You know a lot of people that don't go to church. You know a lot of people that don't even listen to any Christian uh, music. They don't listen to any Christian broadcasting or, or stuff on TV, which, by the way, some of it they shouldn't anyway. But you know them. They're not even thinking about God. And, folks, what's going to happen if they die in the state they're in? Well, they're going to go into hell. Hell's real. But then what's going to stop them from doing that? Well, it's going to take you, it's going to take me fulfilling our assignment. I want you to say the word assignment again. Assignment. Now, you know this. A lot of you have been in the military. You know in the military when you're given an assignment, it is not something you just casually, you know, brush off or you do it when you feel like it or you do it if you want to, but you take ownership of that as if it's your very essence for living. I don't know that we as believers have ever done this. I think for some reason we think it's optional for us to witness. It's optional. 
optional for us to tell people about the Lord. Your encounter with them may be the only encounter they have. It may be the last encounter that they have before their life is ended on this earth. Can you see that? See, tonight I want something to start, I want something to burn in you. I don't want this to be like a normal message that you can just listen to and amen and type in a few good things and then sign off and go eat something and go to bed and get up tomorrow and come in contact with people and not open your mouth. I'm believing that this is going to trouble you. I use the word trouble you where you will never be able to be silent again because you know even on your job to a certain degree, you're on assignment. Everyone say assignment again. All right. Now, I read this. In America, it's estimated that it takes 85 people working over the course of an entire year to produce one convert. Well, what does that mean? It means you can't, you can't, you don't know which person you are in that equation in their life. But if you're number 83, 84, 85, what do you are? You've got to add your part to that person by telling them about the Lord. I, who knows? The Bible says one plants, one waters. God gives the increase. But folks, we have got to plant or we have got to water. We can't just walk by them and just do nothing because why? Again, say it with me. You know what I'm going to say. That's right. We're on assignment. Amen. Now in Acts chapter 11, I'm going to go over there. And by the way, we're in a series on Thursday nights when we're in the building on trusting God. We're going to go back to that. But somehow in my spirit, I feel like this is something we're going to have to maybe get with, you know, a few sessions till we all decide we're going to get activated and we're going to accept our assignment. Now, in Acts chapter 11, you know the story pretty well. Peter had a problem. He didn't want to preach to the Gentiles. He, he, even though he was born again, spirit-filled, and he was preaching mighty messages and people were getting saved, Peter was still uh, you know, fighting against whether you were circumcised or uncircumcised, whether you had the covenant or not. And he didn't understand that what Jesus did was for everybody. But he had a vision, and in this vision, God showed him that he had to quit calling something that he was willing to clean unclean. He didn't understand that the Lord was saying, I can clean anything up. I can clean anybody up. Some of you out there like me are saying, listen, if God could, if God could save somebody like me, me, I know he could save somebody like you or anybody else or maybe the person we don't think is worth saving. So after he comes through this vision, um, Let's go down to verse uh, 12. And the Spirit bade me, Peter said, with them, nothing doubt. In verse 13, and he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname, surname is Peter, who will tell you words. Now, this is what I want you to say. I want you to circle it. Because Peter was about to be used of God, and God had to get his heart right first. And here's what his assignment was who will tell you words whereby you and all your house shall be saved. Now, did you see that? In other words, people are not going to get saved unless somebody tells them words about how to be saved. He will tell you words whereby you may be saved. We are on assignment to tell people words whereby they may be, may be saved. It's not just for pastors. Folks, it's not just for preachers. How in the world am I going to get the people you work with saved? How am I going to get all your family members that live in other places saved? How am I going to get some of your friends that I've never seen, that may never step into this building, may never listen online, how am I going to get them saved? Well, the answer is I absolutely can't. That assignment is not for me. That assignment is for you. You've been assigned to your family. You were born into the family you were born in on purpose. 
It may be a messed up family like mine. It may be all kinds of crazy stuff in there like mine and like just really everybody's. But believe it or not, you were born and God had you born into that family so that one day when you would come to him and you'd make him Lord of your life, you would also with that, with that salvation understand you just received the assignment of witnessing to your family or to your coworkers or to the people you come in contact with. I want you to circle this verse and I want you to think about it being your verse, not for Peter, not for Pastor William. Well, I'm going to read it again. Who will tell you words whereby you and all your house shall be saved. Wow. Say it out loud. I will tell, I will tell people words. Say it. I will tell people around me words whereby they shall be saved and their house. Now, wouldn't that be amazing to think that because you're doing that, people will get saved. Well, I can go ahead and tell you, they will, if you'll be bold and be willing to do it and not be afraid. Can I have a big shout, amen, out there? Uh, GP, are you with me? Okay, I, I think I can hear that some of y'all are, so stay with me. Don't check out now, man. We're, we're just getting warmed up now. Now, I don't know if I'll get all this message in tonight. I'm not gonna worry about whether I get it all in tonight. I want you to get your assignment. I want you to understand this needs to be bigger than your job. It needs to be bigger than what you want to do. It needs to be bigger than the trip you're planning whenever you're planning it and all of those things are good. But you need to get every morning when you wake up, you need to say, wait a minute, I'm on assignment. Lord, I'm on assignment today. Show me where, what I'm supposed to do and who I'm supposed to talk to. Give me opportunities, Lord, that I, maybe I wouldn't normally get. To, to share the gospel, and I will. And if you'll do it, the Lord will help you in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Now, John three sixteen, we won't turn there, but we know it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That word perish is used again in Second Peter 3 in the King James Version. There's God's will that not any should perish. That means be lost. That just means be lost. We can put a lot of other words with it. God doesn't want anyone to be lost. And now, the reason, what do you think the reason for the payment of Jesus Christ when he died on the cross? What was, what was the, I mean, there are a lot of things that it covered. There are a lot of things that it provided. You know, salvation, sozo is one of the words there, soteria. And it does encompass our whole lives. But what was the main purpose for Jesus giving his life for us? Was it to make our life easier? The answer to that is no, no. He didn't die to make our lives easier. That's not why he died. Was it to pay for your sins so you could go back and just go on back and sin again because after all they're paid for? Well, let me just say no because let me tell you, there's a lot of that preaching out there today and it is wrong. It is not Bible. It is nowhere in this word. It is deceiving. It is destructive. A lot of people are, are, are probably in hell now and probably will go because of a lie like that. Jesus didn't give his life to redeem you from sin so you could go back into sin. Then why did he do it? Well, he did it to get you saved from your sin so that you would not be lost eternally, so that you would not go into a devil's hell, but you would go into heaven and have eternal, everlasting life. He did it to redeem you so you would not be lost. Folks, we got to understand that's how big this thing was. Did you know there's only one thing preventing people out in the world, people out there that you may uh, work with or maybe some of your family members, I don't know what all, but there's only one reason 
that they are not saved. You know what it is? They don't believe. They don't believe. It's not that not all of them have, haven't heard. Most people, especially in America and, and, and civilized countries, have heard about Jesus Christ, have heard the story of the cross to a degree. But folks, hearing that word is not enough. They have to come to the point of believing. And to believe, they're going to need some faith to be sent to them. We're going to have to tell them this is true. This is real. God is alive. He is the Savior. We have to reinforce maybe what they've already heard. We have to let them know this is, this is look, at, look at our life. Look at our personal life. Our God is alive. Again, what is that? That's your what? Say it with me. That's your assignment. It's your assignment. It is not optional. This assignment is not something that you can decide not to do and disregard it and it be okay. Now, you can disregard it, but it's not okay. You're on assignment. You're on assignment. All right, so again, now, uh, this, this reminds me that, again, all of us are called. I said it earlier. I can't physically reach all the people in your life. There are some people in your life I will never meet. I will never talk to. Maybe another preacher won't even meet or talk to. But you are assigned to them. See, you've been assigned to them. In your life, there are certain points in your life that God will assign people to you. I look back over my life. I had a young man. You know the story. I won't tell it all, but I was a heathen. I was about 13, 14. I didn't want anything to do with God. I was hanging out with a group of guys at school. Man, we thought we were all cool, and I did all this crazy stuff, and this one guy would come by every Saturday. His name was Wayne, and he would knock on the door. I don't know how he got it, but he started coming to my door, and he would knock on the door, and, and my mom was lost, and he didn't even try to reach her. <laughs> he just knew I was in there, and I was 13 years and he was about 22, 24, 25 years old, I don't know, and he would try to talk to me to try to get me to come to church and try to get me saved. Now, he never did get it done. I went to the church a couple times to play basketball because they, they had a, a rec center, uh, and I went to one service and ducked out afterwards because they wouldn't let me go to the rec center unless I went to church. I didn't. But he never did. What he did did not get me saved then, but God assigned him to me for that part of my life. Later on, what he did, God sent someone to build on that. Both of my aunts, my Aunt Geneva and my Aunt Viola, both, they witnessed to me. And then they, that kind of got on me. And then my stepfather started going to church. And as you know, he invited me. And as a 17-year-old hippie kid, lost, lost, lost. I went to the service that night. The pastor that I still, I still, my pastor, he's in Paris, Tennessee, 60 miles from here. A lot of you have met him. He's been to this church before and visited with us and and he preached a message. He was a young preacher. He would probably tell you today he didn't know what he was doing. But he preached the message and I got born again and that was 45 and a half years ago. Now think about this. There's people that God assigned to me at certain points of my life. Thank God they took their assignment and they were willing to pray for me and talk to me about the Lord. And even though I didn't make the decision the moment they did it, that accumulative effect began to finally get inside my spirit and I made Jesus the Lord of my life. You are on assignment, correct. Now, Timothy was a pastor. I talk about this. We won't go there, but the scriptures in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, Timothy was a pastor. Now, again, if you are a pastor and you're listening to this, don't think that you don't also have the commission to evangelize. You know, I am a pastor, but I've always had a heart for the lost. 
I think when I, you know, when I got born again and we got thrown into pastoring for a little while, but, but in the mid-80s, uh, Pastor Ginger and I became youth pastors. Man, I loved that time. I loved, I was only in my mid to upper 20s and I was hanging out with these 11, 12, 14, 16-year-olds and we had an old van. You all know the stories. I loved hanging with those kids. And there was revival in America in the 80s. I don't know if you guys know this. Some of you may have gotten saved during the 80s, but some of you may not even have been aware that there was a revival in the 80s, but there was, and it was sweeping the nation. And it was manifesting in different ways. There were, the great word of faith movement was really underway, and there were large auditoriums being packed out. And spirit-filled, the, the charismatic renewal was going on, and and ministers that were spirit filled that believed in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and the gifts of the Spirit were filling auditoriums with thousands of people around the world. At the same time there was this music revival that had come out of the 60s and 70s and God was raising up a different kind of music and there was resistance and I understood that there was, you know, we should judge everything and, and you know, you shouldn't just accept everything but God, I saw God use that music as a way of getting the attention of another generation. And I saw the fruit because, listen, you can judge something, but be careful. Jesus said, you don't judge it because you don't like it. You don't judge it because it doesn't have the appearance. You know, they had long hair. You don't judge it. The Bible says you judge a tree by its fruit. So be careful to curse something that's bearing fruit. Well, I saw God, you know, using it to bear fruit. And I saw thousands of kids. And, and even in my little group, I saw all kinds of kids coming to the Lord and in God used the music. Now, I say all that to say what? I say that, you know, God had this great sweeping revival going on in the nation. And during this, one of the number one things that was happening is people were getting born again. They were getting saved. They were coming into the kingdom in multitudes. And I was, so, that's in my heart. And I was so thrilled. I would go to these large meetings, whether it be at the, believe it or not, at these Word of Faith meetings, thousands of people got saved. I saw people run. I was in a, in a place in a major auditorium, and I saw somebody in the balcony. And uh, uh, T.L. Osborne, who's one of the greatest evangelists ever who traveled, a missionary, he came in and he preached at Brother Copeland's meeting one night, and he gave a message for the lost to get saved. I could feel the power of the Holy Ghost so strong in that auditorium. People were jumping over the banisters almost risking their life, running down to the front, falling on their faces and weeping because they wanted to be saved so badly. I saw this. I thought, this is where I want to be. And then I would go to these concerts, uh, you know, Christ, contemporary Christian concerts and watch these kids go down there. Oh, they're just going because of the rock music. You're wrong. You're wrong. Quit judging something. If you weren't there, how do you know? And I watched them run down their tears on their face and I watched them give their lives to the Lord. And, and I just saw all of this, and it's always been in my heart. Everything I do, now I love pastoring. I love teaching people. I love helping people grow and, and grow up in the Lord and become, I love discipling people and getting them to grow in the Lord. I love that. But I got to be honest with you, man, when it comes right down to it, it's about winning the lost. I would not want a pastor if I didn't ever see anybody get saved. The day that this church quits affecting anybody and making any of them feel like they need to be born again or repent, then I want to step down because I don't want to just be a teacher. I want to lead people to Christ. Amen. I had to get that off the chest there a little bit. Now, then, so all of the body of Christ is called. So let's go back and cover this again. Number one, we are on assignment. Everybody say assignment. We are on assignment. Number two, it's God's will for everyone to be saved, but they have to believe and That's our part to teach them. Number three, all of the body of Christ is called. That's you. You are on assignment. Number four, where we are now, how we present the kingdom 
is important. How we present the kingdom is important. You know, if you really believe in something and you think it's wonderful and you think it's powerful and you think it's life-changing and you think it's, uh, uh, use our word for the year, amazing, you have no trouble telling anybody. As a matter of fact, you have trouble not talking about it. You know, you go to a concert if you really enjoy the, the music the next day. All you want to do is talk about, man, that was this. And you talk about it. And you're reliving it while you're talking about it. You tell everybody about it. You get on, nowadays we get on social media. Oh, I went and it was this. Or you go to a ball game if you're a sports fan and, and you talk about the game. And oh, I tell you what, this was, a, and you just go on and on about it. And whatever your interest is, it may be a totally different interest than what I just mentioned. But you know how it is. When you think something is really, really important, incredible, thrilling, life-changing, whatever you want to say, when you think that, you can't help but to talk about it. It makes me wonder sometimes if we haven't lost sight of how incredible our salvation is because we don't seem to be that thrilled to talk about it. We seem to instead shut up when we should be speaking up. It seems that way. And listen, if it, was, if it was causing you to be excited and causing you to be thrilled, then let me tell you something, you'd be talking about it. Now, that's the job of the pastors or the preachers to stir you up again, you know, to get you thinking again. That's what I'm doing this tonight for. Let me give you a scripture here. Matthew 13, 44. Matthew 13, 44. I'm going to read from the King James Version. Very familiar scripture. It says, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure. Everyone say treasure. Wow, we're not talking about Bruno Mars treasure here. We're talking about treasure here. This is, he says, the kingdom of heaven, this is a treasure. If you were to discover a treasure, <laughs> oh my goodness, what? Now, you might want to keep that secret. You'd be afraid somebody get it. But this kind of treasure is, is bottomless. You don't have to worry about reaching down into it and sharing it because the moment you share it, more appears. So you never have to worry about trying to be selfish and keep it to yourself. It says, the kingdom of heaven is likened to treasure hid in a field. So it's not, if something's hidden, not, you're not going to find it, uh, you're not going to find it usually accidentally. In other words, you're going to have to know where it is before you can get to it. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field that the which when a man has found it, when he's discovered that it's there and he knows about it, it says, when, he's that, that, when a man has found it for joy, thereof he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Wow. When you get to the point, and I get to the point where we remember the treasure of our salvation, the salvation that we have received is like a great treasure. When we get to that point, and we get excited about it. Remember what it was like. We were willing to sell anything, give anything. We, we were willing to leave anything alone because we knew that this was the best thing, the best thing that we'd ever discovered in our lives. Remember how that felt. The Bible says then we'd be willing to give everything. But notice it was when we found it. Folks, that's what we're offering to the lost. We're not offering something bent or broken or rusty or, or beat down or outdated or archaic or antiquated. None of that stuff. We're offering them a treasure. We should be excited. We should tell them how exciting it is. What we're offering them when we talk to them, we're not offering them some sad, depleted, you know, kind of lazy, oh my gosh, you know, kind of life. And No, 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 we're offering you treasure. 
Your assignment is to tell them there's a treasure that they can have. Isn't that exciting? I don't know about you. I get excited just talking about it tonight. So I wrote this down. We must come back to the realization of what we have received and understand the value of it before we can convince others. If we don't get a glimpse again of what we have received, I don't know that we can convince others. And that is our job to convince others. We have no other job. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, uh, the other thing I want to say as we begin to wind down a little here now, so I don't know about you, I'm wound up now. It's going to be hard to wind down. Please don't go anywhere else. It should be still in that room that you're at right now. You ought to be, I hope something's burning in you right now where you're saying, my goodness, I've been quiet when I shouldn't have been quiet. I've said nothing when I should have been talking. I've not let my light shine. I didn't know it, but I was hiding it. I've lost my flavor. I don't, I'm acting just like everybody else. But now I know my assignment. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 is one of the most familiar scriptures for evangelism in the entire Bible. I could quote it to you, but you know me. I love to read the scripture because you don't need to let them depart from your eyes. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ. Now notice, he said any man. That's any person now. That's any woman. That's, that's anybody no matter how vile or awful their past has been up into this moment, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And then verse 18 says, and all things are of God because God has reconciled us to Jesus Christ, his son. Folks, what we have to offer, our assignment is to let people know. Now you can go and you can get a makeover. There's a lot of things in modern technology now we can do to make us feel better. You can get surgeries, obviously, if you need one, where they now, I mean, they're transplanting. I heard pigs' hearts. They transplanted a heart of a pig into a human, and it's been working. And who knows how much they're going to be able to do in the next 5, 10, 20, 30 years. So medicine can give you a new start. You can go get things cosmetically done, you know, and, and, and you can get a new start and build yourself up. You can get a new start. But even if you do, still time will eventually catch up because these bodies are not meant to live forever and they're not going to. And they'll finally begin to fade and fall. Hopefully you'll live the 120 years that's promised in the, the book of Genesis. But at some point they cannot sustain you. But what we have to offer, did you just... Hear and understand what we just read over in 2 Corinthians 5. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. And what we're offering them will not wear out, will not wear down, will not fade away, will not sag, bag, leave, leave, whatever it is. You know, you want to call it droop, drop, <laughs> you know. Somebody said, you know, one guy said, I got the chest of drawers uh, syndrome. They said, what do you mean? He said, well, my chest is down in my drawers now. But you don't have to worry about that with your soul. Because what we're offering people is something where they can be new and made over. And, be, and they're, well, it's soul surgery. I would say it this way. It's soul surgery. And think about this. This is what our assignment is, to tell them about the good news. You know, remember we read that. And, and tell them uh, about how, you know, there's, there's a treasure, this wonderful treasure that's 
hidden just for them and then to tell them that they can become brand new. Folks, we should be announcing this loudly. We should be, we should be spreading this everywhere. We shouldn't keep our mouths shut at all. We should never be ashamed, afraid, embarrassed, whatever the case may be. Because we we're offering something to them that they cannot buy with money. They cannot buy with position, fame, or power, or anything else. Pretty incredible stuff if you think about it. And then uh, we have to understand that there's only one way for people to be saved. And that is they have to be saved through the Lord Jesus Christ. I was reading a scripture over here in Acts chapter 4. I'm going to begin to close here. I really would love to come back and preach on this again. If I never get to, please keep this message. Please go back and listen to it again on the podcast. I believe if you listen to this a second time, uh, tomorrow or the next day when it's up on the podcast, I believe if you listen to this a second time, it'll fire you up all over again. I think this is a message, and I'm not bragging about the way I delivered it. I don't know what the delivery's been like, but I know the word is true. But I believe if you listen to this message once a week, what if you got this message once a week and you listened to it? You know what would happen? You would never get tired of witnessing and reaching the lost. I believe there's enough of the word in this message, not, notwithstanding how I delivered it, but there is enough of the word in this message to keep you stirred up. And wouldn't that be awesome if you spent the rest of your life saying, you know what? Whew, I don't know about all the questions of my life. There's some stuff I don't know about, but I do know one thing. I know what my assignment is. I know what my assignment is, and I'm not going to re be reluctant uh, or stop doing it. Now, here in Acts chapter 4, um, we're going to read down at verse 12. It says this, Neither is there salvation in any other, talking about Jesus, what he did, who he was, what he did for us, the name of Jesus. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. That... They, the people can try a lot of religions and they can make them feel good. It may, may even make them a better person. They might uh, adopt some of their principles and, 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 and be good in some ways and, and maybe do some good deeds and, and, and that's all wonderful. But I want you to notice the thing that we have to remember is there's, neither is there any other name. There's no other way under, given under heaven whereby men can be saved except through Jesus Christ. So folks, we have the only, say the only, say it again, the only. We have the only way, we have the message that contains the only way for another human being to go into heaven, not go into hell, to live eternally with God, not burn forever. We have, we're the only ones with the message. It's the only message whereby they can be saved. Now, if we can't, feel some urgency because we have this message. Now, there's all kinds of stuff on this thing right here on the Internet. You can get information about all kinds of stuff. You can become experts about a lot of things, but one day when you draw your last breath, none of that's going to matter. We're the only ones. You're the only one, probably maybe in your family, maybe at work, or maybe you're one in a line like I was, like Wayne, like these other people that were assigned to me. You're the only one. And you have the only message whereby people can be saved. Let that sink in a minute. Let it sink in. I don't want this message 
to pass from your thoughts, pass from your mind. I want this message to trouble you. I said it early tonight. I don't want you to be able to sleep until you've talked to God about this and you have rededicated yourself and you have said to him, Lord, I understand my assignment. Now, I've been reluctant, but I'm going to get busy and I am not going to shy away from inviting people into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, the treasure that's hid in the field, becoming a new creation. The only way they can, think about it, all the stuff that I've said to you tonight is exclusive. Everybody wants it to be inclusive. Well, God wants everyone in, but they can only get in if they hear, believe, and then receive. Your assignment is to present to them this incredible gospel, this treasure in the field, this ability to be a new creation, to live forever with God Almighty. It is your assignment to tell them, to announce to them, to, to God, that's why you're, listen, that's why you are working where you are working. It's more than the money. It's why you're living in the neighborhood right now that you're living in. It's more than just you happen to like that house. No, no, no. God's bigger than that. He, you didn't know it, but God was prompting you to live there for whatever time it is, a season. But you're living there because God wants you to be the light. God wants you to be the salt. God wants you to somehow, whether you can announce it loudly or you can just do it by the way you live and just let them see your light. God put you there on purpose. It was your assignment. It was your assignment to live in the city you're living in. Now, I know a lot of you don't live in Clarksville. We have people around the world watching tonight. So whatever city you're in right now, even if it's only for a season, God's assigned you there. Now, if you've got an assignment there, surely to goodness you don't want to leave that city. Get, you don't want to go somewhere else and not have fulfilled your assignment. You know, a lot of people spend their whole lives, at the end of their life, they didn't even, they didn't even walk in their assignment. You can walk in your assignment starting today, starting tonight even, right now while we're talking tonight. You can reach out and say, I accept my assignment. I want you to take this personally. I don't want you to think about the person to your left or right if you're in a house with many. I don't want you to think about, well, I'm, 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 I'm an introvert and I'm kind of shy. Stop all that. If somebody was in a house that was burning and you knew that if you ran in there, you could get them out safely, you wouldn't think about, I'm an introvert or I'm an extrovert. You would think about, I've got to try to save them. Folks, that's where we are. The house is on fire. The world is on fire. It's burning to the ground. There are people screaming, screaming, screaming for help. And God has given us all the things that we need to get them out safely. Will you join me this year, 2022? Will you say, Pastor William, I know you, got, you said God's going to do some amazing things. Let me tell you something. The most amazing thing God wants to do is save the lost. If you get busy helping him build his kingdom and you get a heart for the lost and you start crying tears uh, to, when you pray over them to, 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 to get them out of the grip of hell, let me tell you something. God will give you stuff. God will give you all kinds of things. God has no problem giving you things as long as your heart is towards the kingdom and towards the lost. Let's join together. Let's make a decision. Let's not let an opportunity pass us. Will you tonight... On January 20, 2022, on a snowy time here in Tennessee, will you tonight accept your assignment to win the loss, to preach the gospel, or at least tell them your testimony? It's very simple. Tell them what you used to be like. Tell them what 
you did the moment you got saved, how you did that, how you talked to God, and how he saved you, and then tell them about how different your life has been since then. Anybody can do this, folks. You don't have to know all the scriptures. You don't have to be a theologian. You can simply say, well, all I know is my life is different. And it'll get the attention of people more than you think. Will you tonight accept your assignment? Please tell me that you will. And let's all pray right now. Now, wherever you are, bow your head. If you want to, get on your knees. This is one of those messages. If you're able to get down on your knees, somehow I think it would touch the heart of God just that we're willing to humble ourselves and realize the gravity of it and say, Lord, I, I, please don't let this be just another message. Please don't tell everybody how great it was or how much you enjoyed it or whatever your opinion of it might be and then let it fade out. Please see this as an interruption of the Holy Spirit into your life to say, excuse me, I need to remind you. I want to remind you, believer. I want to remind you, ma'am, sir, young man, young lady, boy, girl, I want to remind you that you have an assignment. This is your night. Will you humble yourself? Will you talk to God tonight? Let's pray together. Say, Father in heaven. Now go ahead and say it. Father in heaven, thank you so much tonight for reminding me of what my assignment is. Oh God, may I know that the reason I'm awakened in the morning is because I'm on assignment. You have assigned me to certain people where I work, where I live, where I go to school, who I interact with. You have assigned me to them. Give me the right words. Open up the right moments. Give me the opportunities. I'll not be shy. I'll not be weak. I'll not be embarrassed. How could I? I have a treasure to offer. I have eternal life to offer. I have the one and the only answer that they need for their lives. May I never be silent again. Lord, I pray. I pray for all of them, every person I come in contact with, that you'll open their hearts, open their ears, and I'll go in with the opportunity and speak what you'd have me to say. I'll be the salt. I'll be the light. I'll not be hidden anymore, but I'll shine. I'll let them see how good you are. I'm on assignment. Say it out loud. I'm on assignment. I'm on assignment. Forgive me, Lord, for not accepting my mission, my assignment, with more seriousness, with more gravity, and especially with more urgency. Forgive me for missed opportunities. I will never miss again. I accept my assignment, my assignment, my assignment tonight. I am ready to be dispersed. Thank you for the lives that will be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that, some of you are crying right now. That's not bad. 
getting a burden for the lost. We used to cry and intercede and travail in our churches. That's why we had those revivals in the 70s and 80s and even some in the 90s because people just got such a burden for the lost and they would weep and cry out before God and God moved through that. So, you know, ask God, who am I assigned to? Show me who I'm assigned to, Lord. Some of it's obvious, some of it may not be and let God use you. You know, I'm excited about this message. I believe this is a turning in Faith Outreach Church history. I believe it's a turning in your life. Uh, wherever you are, some of you that don't even live here may not ever be able to come here. Your own assignment. Tonight, we've got orders. Wow. And don't we have the best, the best thing to offer and the only to the lost and dying world. We really do. I want to commend you tonight that you listen. You didn't turn it off. You didn't get distracted. And, and again, I urge you to listen to this at least one more time because I know it'll do something. I know the Holy Spirit's been involved in this, so it's going to stir your heart. Well, I'm thankful for the souls that are going to be saved. I believe this is going to be a year of great harvest before the return of our Lord. He's coming soon. And you and I, aren't you glad we get to be a part of it? Now, I'm going to pray for you. I want to remind you if you're in the area, don't turn off yet. We expect to be open at 8.30 and 10 o'clock this Sunday. I've looked ahead on the weather. I think most of these weather systems are moving on out and away and looks like we'll be clear on Sunday. So we will have church here 8.30 and 10 on Sunday. Those of you who watch online, of course, you know that's Central Standard Time. Many of you are in different time zones. We appreciate the fact that you're faithful. You watch us every week. You share it. Thank you for doing that. We're so grateful for that. So... Uh, uh, don't forget 8.30 and 10 o'clock this Sunday. We have some great things coming up at our church if you're local. Now, come on, folks, get off. If you can come to church, come on, get up out of that house and come to church. If you're nearby when the church doors are open, come on. Let's come together. We, we, you know, we're on assignment. And we come in here, we get trained, and then we go out and we do what God's called us to do. It's a great thing. Now, Father, I pray for everyone watching tonight, especially those that are far away, maybe in other cities, maybe other nations, especially our military personnel. We love them so much. We appreciate them so much. Their families, Lord God, uh, around the world, some at stateside, but maybe they're uh, stationed somewhere else or they're out in the field or they may be watching this from a tent. Lord, I don't know where all the, the military are tonight, but you do. Especially bless them and bless all our e-church members. Father God, you know I pray over them every day. Everyone that's dealing with COVID or dealing with sickness, in Jesus' name, I command that spirit to go from their life. And by the way, if you're dealing with COVID, as I pray here, you got to talk to that thing like it's a spirit, not just it's a sniffle, it's a cough, it's a scratch or a sinus. Or, I mean, all of that may be part of the manifestation, but you got to tell that thing, you are not getting in my life, not getting in my mind. You're not taking me. I'm going to recover 100%. So I speak for all of those people tonight as well. Father God, all the local Faith Outreach Church people, Lord, thank you for your protection, your peace, your life over them, Lord. These next three days, Lord, we're excited till we get to Sunday. And Lord, we are on. I want you to say it out loud and then I'm going to say amen and we'll be done. We are all on, say it loudly, assignment. That's right. Be blessed and we'll see you on Sunday. God bless you. You've been listening to the Outreach.fm podcast with your host, Pastor William Luffman. We hope you've gotten some inspiration from this show. We enjoyed bringing it to you. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, reach out online. Find our website at faithoutreach.org. The streaming platform is livestreamchurch.com. Get an inspirational shot at adoseofhope.com. You've been listening to Outreach.fm. 
And remember, no matter what the weather may seem like in your life, the sun's going to shine again. 